Hi guys, you're listening to the Morning After the Life Before podcast. I'm Jack Schofield. And I'm Sam Corty. And the idea of this podcast is we're going to invite guests on to talk about their unheard stories behind their success and their character. We want to listen to their mischievous childhoods, bumpy educations and stories that don't quite fit the stereotypical model. The idea is we're going to wake up to find out what really happened behind the scenes and stories that never quite made it to social media. This podcast is currently supported and produced by the team at 226 Photography. season two mainly because we kind of stopped season one and it's been <laughs> such a, a long break <laughs> yeah there's been such a long break that it's now season two so we're, welcome to season two <laughs> well yeah we've now hit 2021 so we can Sweet. technically say we've been doing this podcast for one for our second year new year new us kind of yeah so new year new some... me yeah exactly <laughs> we've got some fun guests lined up hopefully more of the same stuff different difficulties people have had success stories and um, making it relatable to everyone and debunking some of the myths and yeah we'll hopefully over the next few weeks we'll be able to bring more exciting stories hopefully i feel like everyone's lockdown story is starting to sound quite similar that is true no one's done anything for months yeah but it's quite nice because i guess actually we're helping people remember stuff that they've done in the past and and bits and pieces that they've done is, might help use it to help them in current current times. What have you been? What have you been up to? Just lots of training, really. Lots of training, lots of rehabbing. How's the back? Back management. Um, my back is good, behaving itself. Haven't had any major issues with it, it's, but I'm just learning a lot about it, learning how to manage it and learning what it likes and what it doesn't like. Just been a long-term thing, right? You and your back. Yeah, and it looks like it's going to be a long-term thing as well. I think we're just going to manage it up until hopefully Tokyo, if I go get it properly sorted after that. How's it looking for Tokyo? What are the next sort of stages, both <laughs> personally and like for the squad? And then have you heard any more about whether it's even going to happen? Personally, I can't remember the last time. Did we record the last podcast before Christmas? Yeah, I think it was before I went to America. I think it was like early November time. Right, okay, so a lot has happened since there then. Everything has <laughs> happened in the world. This could be a long episode. <laughs> okay, a lot has happened since then. I had a really tough Christmas, like mentally and also physically, but I think Christmas wasn't like the Christmas that we have every year. For me, it just kind of felt like another day off. Boris kept changing all of his restrictions and what was allowed and what wasn't allowed. So in the end... I ended up staying in Henley and my parents came down and my brother came down for the day, for Christmas Day. I'd like to point out that that's a good five hour drive. Five and a half hour drive, yeah. yeah. So for some reason, a few weeks before Christmas, my dad decided to buy himself a camper van. I mean, we've talked about my dad's spontaneous purchases um, <laughs> on the podcast before, but actually this one was very spontaneous, but turned out to be actually one of his better ones. My brother... And my mum and my dad stayed in the camper van on my driveway because obviously they weren't, the rules didn't allow them, like, people to mix until Christmas Day. So then Christmas Day, we had Christmas Day together. Boxing Day, we went into Tier 4. So they had to obviously get out of there. That was, like, a huge effort from them, which was massively appreciated. Yeah, so Christmas just, it just felt like a day off, really. And 
the training around Christmas was really hard because the weather was really bad. Bad, So I was just doing a lot of training on the rowing machine, which I've done a lot of training on the rowing machine already this year. A week after Christmas, and my back just like really didn't feel very happy. In between that and then the next session, we had pieces on the ergo. And we had a video call, so I was obviously just sat in front of my iPad doing this video call. And I like finished the video call and I like couldn't move. I'd like completely seized up. So try to warm up for the ergo for the next session and just was like, I just, I can't even imagine what I'd look like rowing. My technique must have been horrendous. I could like literally couldn't rock over at all. I could, I just looked like I was sitting in like an armchair. Extension was like the most comfy position for me to be in. Spoke to the physio and she was like, look, don't do it. I'll give you a video call in like a couple of hours and we can reassess. And by that time I couldn't get my knees I couldn't get my hands like over my knees, never mind touch the floor. My back had just basically held its hands up and just been like, nah, this is not good. So then I had like a bit of a rough couple of days just because I was just annoyed with my back. Christmas was just crap. I don't know whether I was like one of these really naive people that kind of thought that I was going to wake up on the 1st of January having left 2020 behind and 2021 was just going to be brilliant. I woke up... 2021 was no different. The physio rang me to check how I was and she basically was just like, but how are you, Sam? And I just absolutely had a complete meltdown. I just burst into tears. And for anyone who knows, I don't cry. Basically spent the whole of New Year's Day just crying, which was probably good for me. I obviously needed it. I was obviously keeping a lot built up inside. Just pre your birthday as well. Get it out just for, just in time. Yeah, I had my mental breakdown before I reached 28. I was just done. <laughs> I was just done with everything. And then having my back on top of it was just crap. Then you started getting scans and you had the injection and stuff. Yeah, so I had a scan on my birthday. Great birthday present. Then that showed that I had a prolapsed disc, which is not great news. On like the scale of serious back problems, we're getting quite near the end of serious back problems now. <laughs> I was supposed to be going on camp as well. Obviously, I couldn't do camp because I couldn't. The only thing I could really do was walk. Which has made everything even more difficult, right? Because you had Christmas in Henley, so you could go on camp. Yeah, had Christmas in Henley, so we could quarantine and do like the 10 days isolation. And I was so looking forward to going on camp to be somewhere different. Because I'd spent, I've spent so much time in Henley the past year, which we yeah. don't normally do, that I was just so looking forward to it being somewhere different and a change of scene. My, um, since we've been in lockdown, my sleeping has just been absolutely awful. And I was just looking forward to maybe finally getting a full night's sleep. So that was hard on top of like, top of your friends leaving and the physio leaving to be in another country. It was then like, yeah, just the, the thought of still being, that was really tough. So yeah, I went and got my injection done, which as we've had in the previous podcast, obviously wasn't smooth sailing. Um, we tried to make it as good as possible. So I went under general anaesthetic which was all decided, so I had to have it done in Swindon. In terms of my needle therapy progression, this was like a good challenge to test how far I'd got. It was all absolutely fine until the anaesthetist, who was supposed to use gas and air before putting me under general anaesthetic, decided that she wasn't going to give me gas and air. Obviously went down really well. And I was like trying to explain what I was like and what would happen. And she was just like, well, if it's anxiety, just take something. She was just rich. She was like, well, I don't have any assistance, so I won't be able to do it. 
And I was like, if you don't have any assistance, you're not going to be able to give me the general anaesthetic. And then she was like, well, I'll give you anti-anxiety drug that she said she would give me. But of course, because of all of the doping stuff, I was like trying to message the doctor to be like, while trying not to have a panic attack, messaging the doctor to ask if I was even allowed this stuff. Because I was in no shape to try and go on to Globodrone <coughs> and try and like... I mean, I couldn't even remember the name of the thing that she told me. And then she comes back and she was like, oh, we can't give you that, but we're going to give you some diazepam instead. They gave me enough diazepam to, like, knock me out, apparently. But that didn't work. Got wheeled down to the, the anaesthetic room, anaesthetic room, I don't know what it's called. And obviously turned up, like, eyeballs still on sticks, which there was, like, not supposed to happen. I was supposed to be, like, really calm and, like, drifting off. And I walked in and she was like, she was like, okay, um, don't worry, I've decided we will give you Gassiner. Classic. Diazepam, Gassiner and general anaesthetic. So my recovery after it was like pretty rough. I mm. think I had like a three day hangover. It was just like the amount <laughs> That's of... That's normal for you. The amount, yeah, I've experienced those plenty of times. Um, but like the amount of stuff that they'd like pumped into me was just like ridiculous and it was just yeah that was really grim because I was in my room on my own and I had full access to my phone I had a mini photo shoot with myself on Instagram wrote a really cool caption completely filtered the hell out of my photos but have absolutely no recollection of it until my housemate came and picked me up and we were driving home and I was getting these notifications from Instagram and I was like weird and yeah turns out I'd done a whole post that I couldn't really remember. So now training's back on track and stuff since that. How is it looking as far as trials and things here? So I've missed trials. Mm. Um, we had our final set of trials, which was quite hard, but I couldn't have done them. And if I had tried, had tried to do them, one, I wouldn't have been in the, my best shape to do my best performance. And two, if my back had gone wrong. Yeah, you then run the risk of yeah it's now the case of like if my back goes wrong it goes properly wrong yeah there will be no tokyo so didn't do trials we've got i think we've got eight weeks seven or eight weeks until europeans which is like the first competition of the year okay. that's like still my aim so yeah just got to really make the most of training and just really get the balance right between managing my back and that side of stuff but also not being too cautious and not running the risk of not being ready when these opportunities come yeah yeah my life at the moment is very high performance yeah i don't do like i don't sit down at all like as much as i can because that's what hurts my back i have acupuncture at least twice a week i see a soft tissue therapist once a week i'm in the physio room nearly every day it's like not it was as being in lockdown you know i've got nothing else to do yeah, yeah. So that's fine. I mean, if six months till Tokyo, it's manageable. If it was the first year of the Olympiad, this is not a quality of life. I'm more than happy to do it for six months until Tokyo, if that's what it's going to take. In terms of the squad for Tokyo, well, also, I guess, just in general, the squad has kind of infect, impacted on the whole thing for Tokyo. We had a meeting guys from Team GB uh, last week or week before, and they basically invited every possible Team GB athlete or already pre-selected Team GB athlete to be on the call. So that was really cool because I was literally just 
flicking through there was like 270 of us on the call and was just like going through the lists of names so like adam Peaty was on it max whitlock was on it johnny brownlee was on it i'm trying to think who else was on it basically we were just like i was just absolutely starstruck i spent maybe the first 10 5 10 minutes of the meeting just in absolute awe of who i was sitting on the same zoom call as everything is in place to where like everyone is going ahead with the olympics they're basically just telling us to ignore everything that we hear in the media their containers are going off very soon with all of their stuff um for the olympics so i mean it's going to be very different and we're prob we're not going to have a big opening ceremony there's not going to be a big closing ceremony we'll be in the village for a very limited time which yeah. probably just for the time of your event and they've said as soon as your event finishes you're on a plane and you're back home yeah so the olympics will be very much about the sport i would say this year and yeah. the competition as spectators the that's down to the japanese government as to whether spectators will be there or not i can't see them not having spectators because of the amount of money that will bring in yeah because that's what balances out the cost of the olympics right exactly and the amount of extra money that i believe is going to have to go into these olympics because of all of the testing that we're going to have to do this whole virus just in pandemic just costs money so i can't see them not having spectators you will have to fly to tokyo you'll have to quarantine in tokyo for two weeks in a hotel which i think you have to pay for you will yeah. then be there for the period of time that you wanted to be there for to watch the games and then when you fly back you will then have to quarantine in a hotel in this country for two weeks yeah whichever country you're heading back to yeah so yeah so you're looking at a five or six week trip for one week of sport exactly i just think it's going to be as this thing it's just going to be very expensive to do like i don't know what the requirements will be for like testing and stuff when they're there i think we get tested every three days I don't think we'll be tested like the nose and the mouth swab on days that you compete because yeah. I think this that's quite I think they've decided that's quite intrusive if, the day that you're trying to win an Olympic gold medal if you've got a swab halfway down scratching <laughs> your brain yeah so I don't think that but like it'll probably be like the some like temperature checks and it's going to be really odd I guess for us like those of us that haven't been to an Olympics obviously we have ex that we have an idea of what we think an Olympics would be like but we have never been so we don't really yeah. know any different for the athletes who they've been before or it's their last games or something quite they will notice quite a big difference yeah for us going as our first games the whole atmosphere inside of things is something you probably really take in in your first games yeah athletes that have been before maybe now it is just about the sport and it is just about the competition and about the race and they don't really care about the rest of it i don't know yeah. i guess everyone will have different opinions on it and we'll yeah and it's still the olympic games right so it'll be no less special and no no less of an achievement just because people are watching on tv rather than their live and the technology is pretty good pretty good nowadays like they can recreate a crowd atmosphere without the crowd actually being there yeah and also for like rowing like we don't usually have a crowd until the last 250 meters anyway yeah so i don't know how much of a difference 
it will make for us but i imagine for places like the velodrome the swimming the stadiums like in the triathlons and like that last bit of the run where you've got people like lining the streets and stuff if that's all different then i imagine that to be quite wouldn't have thought we'd see that much of a difference to be honest and for people watching it tv on home uh for watching it on home and tv i guess it will still be just the same yeah, it'll, the sport will still be the same. And if anything, it could be improved because that's the main offering. You know, if you've not got a crowd, then they're going to have to put more money into streaming it and um, delivering it to the world. Yeah, exactly. And they have been able to do that with some of the other sports that they're showing live at the moment. Yeah. I guess access will just be slightly different. So, yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's like you do have to look ahead. You've got to remember why you're doing all the training but also I'm trying to also remember that I've got a lot of crap sticking out of one of my discs in my back. So. Yeah. And I still plan to do Paris. Hopefully, one, to have hopefully normal games. Two, if Tokyo doesn't happen, then it's not the end of the road for me. Mm. If my back allows me to continue, hopefully. Yeah, but then you've got the time to sort it right without it being so yeah. like restricted by the time frame of you have six months to get this sorted. You can take 18 months and still be in the shape yeah. of your life for Paris if not more you know what it'll look like is going under the knife and shave off what is sticking out of my disc so it doesn't yeah. quite put as much pressure onto my spinal cord <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what have you been up to I'll stop talking now why isn't that the million dollar question everything <laughs> in the world what have I been up to so when was it was Dougie our last podcast yeah wow so I went to Florida that was really cool for my I was in Florida for my birthday um, so we went out for a lovely meal, nice restaurant, which was, given current circumstances, lovely. Yeah. So that was nice, and I basically, yeah, I was there, I was out there shooting a big triathlon, it was like a big world championship type event, a really stacked field, so I was there, I was taken by Ruth Assel, who I do all the filming and photography for, um, so I was, yeah, I was out there with Ruth, the Brownleys, athlete called Cat Matthews who won Ironman Florida. So I was a personal photographer to those guys, really, and training partner to Ruth for everything that she needed. I was um, basically her essential support. So each athlete gets one essential supporter. Met a lot of the triathlon pros. I met, had a chat with like Vincent Luis, Gustav Ida, and all these guys that are kind of right at the top of, of triathlon, which is really cool. Um, and it was nice to shoot with Al and Johnny and just watch them train, be around them and... Um, yeah, that was really exciting. And then Christmas, got back just before Christmas, I had to isolate, or well, I got an exemption, travelling back, took the decision to isolate anyway, from a moral standpoint and peace of mind, if I had picked up COVID in the States, even though I had a bit of paper that said I could do what I want over here, um, that doesn't make me any less dangerous to pass it on. Yeah. Um, luckily, I didn't have it, which was good, but yeah, so I just isolated for a couple of weeks, and that pretty much took me up to Christmas Eve. So Christmas was quite uh, difficult for us as well this year. So as, well, it's difficult for everyone, but um, as a family, we got some... It was quite a difficult situation that we sort of had to deal with. So yeah, we had to stick together as a family, and that made Christmas, even though it had to be just the four of us, it made it like quite important that we were together and, yeah, sort of helping each other out. And I had to really lean on my sort of support network through christmas because that was quite yeah it was quite a difficult time for us all so yeah that that sucked a bit and then coming into the new year is basically just like look everyone's back into lockdown so it's like well all my 
photography has been cancelled. I can't swim. I, c- I can't swim anyway, but I can't use the pool. I'm not able to use the gym. So it's kind of like, well, what happens now? You know, not really got much work going on. Yeah, I tried to make myself as busy as possible. So I managed to release my first book. That was really cool. So that came out like at the start of the year. So there's like, we sold 40 copies. I only printed 50. Um, so that was super exciting. There's 10 copies left if anyone wants one. But yeah, it was just like, it was really nice for everyone close to me to have a really personal piece of my work. So it's kind of like a thank you to everyone that has helped me out. So um, that was really cool to bring to people. And then I started another couple of companies. I linked up with Ben Jackson, who we obviously went to uni with. He's head rowing coach at Hartbury. And we've launched a brand called Northern Run Club. So like an online running coaching business and picture just keeping more people running for for longer and getting people enjoying running based around this kind of like idea of the stereotypical northerner that is very friendly and just gets stuck in and that's been good fun so i've been doing the sort of marketing side of things the content and like the business administration and ben's been doing the important bit which is the coaching side of things so that's been really fun and i've really respect Ben and value his opinions and I've always uh, thought if that if I was to take that channel he would be someone that I would definitely want to, to be on board with so yeah that was wicked and we've got that set up and we've got um yeah we've got three coached athletes and then another three sort of on the fringes that we're helping out their program and stuff okay cool I also set up a uh, web design business which has been really fun because I get because I can't get to any shoot someone approached me and said they wanted to set up a web design agency did I want to get involved probably should have said no but I, can't, I don't have that ability so yeah said yes and so I was brought on as kind of like content and marketing specialist I suppose I don't know why you trust me as a specialist but um, that they were kind of my roles to create content and oversee all the the social media and uh, digital marketing for all the, for the brands that he was already working for and we were he was about to bring on and then obviously because I couldn't create any content I've just been building websites which has been quite fun so I had already built all of my own website been coding and building and designing and so that's been really it's been a very steep learning curve and um, I had to build a site last week in German nearly drove me insane i will add that kind of like it's been super busy and been doing some exciting things although it's very much the kind of emotional roller coaster of some days i don't leave the house i like have a, a single hour on the turbo or something you know i don't see anyone apart from vic my girlfriend and she'll get home at like six and i'll have been been crawling the walls just and i don't feel like i achieve anything so you kind of like you have this these periods where you spend all day feeling like you've just done done nothing. You can't go out, you can't see anyone. Um, and yeah, it becomes quite difficult. It's quite easy to fall into the, the wormhole of like, well, what was the point of today? Um, yeah. And find that really difficult some days to... Because uh, I'm very motivated by ticking off tasks, even if they're small as like, you know, go for a jog for 30 minutes if that's on my program. And I just tick it off and get that done or... You know, I had to send an email to this person or someone wanted some photos um, editing here or like this and that. Just even if they're small tasks, I like to feel like I've achieved them through the day. So the days that, yeah, you kind of don't feel like you're getting anywhere, 
I think I struggled the most. It, it's been really exciting. There's been a lot going on, but there've definitely been days where I've just really struggled to do anything at all. Yeah, it's it's just lockdown and COVID is just even things that are hard. It somehow manages to make things even harder. Yeah. And yeah, I found that with just being injured, and obviously because at the training centre we're all in separate bubbles and we all have to train in separate rooms and stuff. Finding space to train has just been like ridiculous and we've got an an office that we've been using at Bisham Abbey in there they've put in there now there's a watt bike some rowing machines a cross trainer some weights equipment the other day I was in there from it was like 7 30 until four half four and I was in there on my own and that was when I think I actually sent you guys a video because it is like an actual office (laughs) (laughs) and honestly it can be like rehabbing and stuff is lonely anyway because you're not on the same training program as anyone else but usually you can train at the training center where there's other people and you can train alongside the other rehabbers and even if that's people in different squads that's fine but at the moment we can't do that because we can't mix squads the amount of time i'm actually spending on my own is was just like really starting to increase and once I finish training I then can't go and meet up with friends because that's not allowed yeah I think last week I really ended up having to put my foot down and just be like look I know it's so much easier for me to train at Bisham in the office but it's not actually good for me yeah yeah that's the thing isn't it that like at the minute there's no escape the like afternoon of you know we'll catch up with friends or the one weekend you know our friendship group is usually pretty good we see each other every two or three months and like that doesn't sound like a lot to some people but when you're all over the country seeing your mates once every three months actually is something to look forward to yeah and it gets you through the difficult bit and then once you've seen them you know you have a couple of weeks of like ah like just more motivation because your friends are doing cool stuff and you've seen them and like yeah you've just had a chance to switch off great yeah yeah which at the moment we just don't just don't get yeah so I was I was probably a bit of a diva last week I don't know I feel slightly responsible because I have been injured quite a few times with like long-term injuries I feel like I've kind of been through it and I know I have an idea of how crap it's going to be and how hard it's going to be I kind of almost want to get things sorted or get something in place before that starts to happen as soon as I started to feel lonely training at Bisham on my own I was like right there's other rehabbers that are just training at home like that can't be good for them I've just yeah it the only way to get things done is to is to say something and to put your hands up and just be honest and just be like look this isn't like this I'm not enjoying this like I need to be seeing some people so please can we find somewhere for me to train at the training center so then in the breaks I can at least sit with the women's squad yeah. So I don't spend my breakfast, my lunch times, all of my training on my own, not seeing anybody. Yeah, hopefully that's made a difference for the other rehabbers as well, that now I've highlighted it and I've brought it up and I've told the people that need to hear it that we actually need to do something about this. Because, like, so many people write articles for newspapers and, like, I've written a blog before, but it's like actually that's all well and good for me to actually change something I need to directly go and tell 
the people that can do something about it. Yeah, yeah, because they're, they're, they're the people that are not necessarily going to read it, are they? Or yeah, so the blog is, or... yeah, so like a blog and like the articles in the newspaper are very good for helping other people in the situation. So like other athletes that read the blogs and see it or other people training in other sports or just other people in general that are going through something similar it's very good at helping them feel like they're not alone if it's not read by a coach or it's not read by one of the support staff then nothing will change yeah so yeah last week i was i would say very demanding but i actually got a lot like i achieved a lot out of it and i did all of my sessions at caversham last week and managed to sort out some of the support bubbles so that made things a bit clearer for people that's good i was just a bit of a deal. small thing isn't it improving yeah. each day that will help get us through it at the time of recording this we're on sunday so there's an announcement from from Bozajay tomorrow so mm. we don't know what has been said but hopefully soon we get some kind of time frame because i find that's one of the most difficult bits is that like i'm like you in that if you give i'm happy to go through this for a long period of time if need to be as long as i have an end date yeah you know like i work the work towards goals that are years in the future and that's not a problem but i have a date on them i know when they are and when that ends yeah whereas when it's kind of like ah it could be in two weeks and it could be october so I find that quite difficult. It's hard because I I guess they don't know either. Like everyone, know, yeah, of course, yeah. Everyone is going through this thing for the first time. We're gonna remember it, aren't we? We're gonna we're gonna remember the year that COVID nineteen <laughs> hit. <laughs> the three years we had COVID. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. We're gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna be remembered. And it was actually funny the other day. I was in the physio room, obviously, and one of the physios was planning how much PPE we needed to take to Tokyo for like the medical staff and he was like reading out the numbers and I was just lying there like this sounds like an exam question in like 20 years time <laughs> you know when like you hear like we used to have maths questions and it was like so and so has like five oranges and six yeah. apples yeah this was like so if we have 150 face masks and 300 aprons how many days and i was like this is literally going to be an exam question on a maths paper in a few years time so do we know our next guest have we got him lined up is he ready to go was it my <laughs> if it was my job to ask him <laughs> cool but it was your job so i'll take that as a no <laughs> <laughs> oh. at least we know we know who it is so we'll leave everyone in suspense on that on, in that case yeah okay let me ask before we announce it on the podcast yeah he's not if he's i can't see him saying no and it's not difficult to get hold of no but he 100% will listen to this so, so if you're so listening should, you want me to release be it before you ask him is this how are we asking him <laughs> is this, should, is this asking in a weird cryptic code if someone will be our next guest so, so if what you're listening you want to be our next guest and you think it's you <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of like something really cryptic that will try and that will he'll know it's well obviously it's oh, i know something he's the only person i know that can flash a crowd with his shoes oh okay that's a good one i wonder if you'll be able to get it Maybe this is maybe this is a new segment that we need to start on the podcast. <laughs> guess, our, guess our next guest. If he says no, then we're now like idiots. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's okay though because the 
the clue was that cryptic that I hope no one would be able to guess who it was. So we can just lie on the next one. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't get it, then I'll be disappointed because he's an incredibly smart bloke. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he'll get it. Perfect. So let's line him up. No, I need to get. No, he needs to listen to it first. Yeah. Is that yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. I won't. I won't ask then. So stay tuned and watch this space. <laughs>